0: Welcome to the podcast at the end of the universe! Well, actually, it's the, at the end of the decade, but end of the universe sounds so much grander and more betterer. Um, the teens, they are ending. Long live the 20s. I, I, I guess it's the 20s. Tw- can we call 2020 a 20? <laughs> I, I guess I just did. <laughs> I am Glebe, he is Sorian, and this is the Fellowship of the Dream. Our first annual look back at the year that was in that partial solar system we call Star Citizen. And by look back at the year, I mean a look back at this year's CitizenCon, Cloud Imperium's annual fan event to celebrate the dream that is Star Citizen and Squadron 54. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Studio 42. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. The Rise of Starwalk. No, no. Mark Hamill, you silly goose. Come on, say it with me. Everyone... Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> yes, indeedy. So, oh, Sorian,
1: how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, very, very busy, but good.
0: Yes, yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. This, uh, this show is going to be a bit different because of how busy the both of us are. Get to that in just a second. But I did want to touch base because we probably won't get to other games before um, we get uh, through with... Uh, uh, the Star Citizen, and um, uh, so I know that there's been some exciting things that have come out since uh, we last recorded. We've been going once a month. I mean, that's that's a that's kind of a workable pace for me. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, I suppose, uh, game developers, game studios, they don't release on a schedule which is convenient for my uh, my life. Um, they uh, have chosen this time of year to just dump a whole bunch of awesome onto the market, and of course, we've had to sop it up with a biscuit. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> Like, great. So, um, before we started recording, you were talking a little bit about the Boneworks. That came out. Yeah. Uh, you want to give us uh, give us a, a very quick uh, rundown on the awesome that is the Boneworks?
1: Yeah. It's um, it's kind of like a combination of all the different perfect VR games that I've played. So, it's got the the physics of Gorn, or Blade and Sorcery, and the gunplay of I don't know onward or Pavlov, like it's kind of the the best of all the worlds in one game that actually has a story campaign, which is a really important sort of factor to it
0: oh, it does now I see I thought it was just more of a sandboxy thing, but it does have a story along with
1: it yeah it's the main focus is the story
0: oh okay, and um can you uh without spoiling anything kind of give an idea of what the story is about,
1: yeah, so you Essentially, there's a a VR world or a VR city that they're trying to create, Um, and I guess people are going to work and live inside of this, and it's not exactly clear what their end goal is with that, but things go awry, and there's maybe some sort of AI problem, some sort of corruption (laughs) in the system. (laughs) That's never happened before. (laughs) No, no. No,
0: no, no. Skynet is alive um well that's that's cool i i it's on my wish list i have not picked it up yet um i've had to uh, uh disassemble my um my vr setup at home because of uh some stuff we have to have done in the room in my office uh we've had to have some has some uh some repairs done so um that's necessitated me sort of dis disassembling my world as it were so um i am uh uh, broadcasting this evening from the palatial uh, Gleepco studios. That is, I am at work um, because, <laughs> um, you know, my, my life is in pieces. Um, so, but I, I am looking forward to getting that back together um, for the Boneworks. And also, wasn't there one other? Well, there's Alex, but that's not coming out until March. Yeah. Um, what is the other? Isn't there another VR thing that um, was really awesome? The 360 degree levels for Beat
1: Saber—that was pretty cool. Yes,
0: yes, 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 indeed. Um, although I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that 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 is uh, available with the uh, Quest version of the Beat Saber. So maybe I can, I can uh, uh, fire that up because that does not require any space other than um, you know wherever it is that you're standing. So Yeah-ish. I will, I will definitely check that out. So that that that's cool. And of course, um, I don't think. I think when we recorded last, we were just starting with the Red Dead Redemption, so we've got we've got some sweet, we've got some sour with that. So we definitely are going to want to talk about that. Probably won't be until the new year, uh, but that has been very exciting, and I know that um, that version three point eight of um, of that uh, crazy little space game is out and. Um, we'll be talking uh, more about uh, that as we discuss the um, uh, the Citizen Cons. Um, That's just in else? PTU, right? Um, pretty sure it's just in PTU and not in full release just yet. Oh, it's not the live yet? Okay. Um, but isn't everybody in PTU if you want to be?
1: Um, if you pay enough money, yes.
0: Uh, okay, okay. I, I am not... Well, we'll get to that. Um... So other than that, I thought that wasn't there. God, my my gosh, there was something else.
1: Uh, Warframe's Railjack update. It's yes,
0: yes, yes. For crying out, Pete. Yes, um, uh, very exciting. And I keep meaning to get over there to play with guys, but I, you know, I have, I usually I average about uh, 170 hours of gaming a week, um, and I have I've played like 12 minutes in the last month. So I'm just you know. I'm hurting over here, yeah. uh, but uh, you know uh, these are all good problems, so I'm not going to complain too hard. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited by Railjack. You have been in and um, and well, you have you have a ship because um, because you are the man and have all the materials. Um, is is the ship as awesome as? Um, well, I guess it's probably you know it's early, it's uh, <laughs> early stages, as some people say. Um, uh, and is the Railjack actually released yet? The uh, yeah, the the full update's out. It is okay. So the missions for the Railjack are out and everything. So um, how you know, uh, three three words or less. How awesome is it?
1: <laughs> I think it's really cool. Um, it's it's nothing. I guess terribly mind blowing. It's just another sort of Warframe content patch. It's it's really cool, but it's. Um, it's not like Star Citizen level or anything, but the the play is smooth. I didn't have a lot of issues like bugs or anything with it. Mm-hmm. hmm I'm sure as and, I play with uh, it more, I'll be more excited, but
0: Um, and I, I know that um when I was playing a lot of Warframe, uh, sometimes the arch wings were kinda winky. Um, did they were they able to smooth some of that out so that uh, um you know, there's, there's they're less jank because there's a there's quite a bit of like, ship to ship. Um, you, you need to like go board enemy ships and you use your archwing for that, right?
1: You can. You can also be fired straight at it, which doesn't oh, involve a lot of manual flight control.
0: control. <laughs> sort of like Sea of Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> and it, another game that has had a, had a major release, and I've not played a single second of it. No, me Jim. neither. Yeah, oh, man, that's. It's too much goodness. Too much goodness. All right. Well, so we will get to all of those things. Like I say, it probably won't be into the new year, Um, and as I said, uh, alluded to a moment ago, this show is going to be a bit different. Um, I have wanted to do a Star Citizen show for some time now, but I wasn't really sure how I wanted to go about doing it. Um, My previous Star Citizen content has almost always tipped the sodium saccharin scales, decidedly to the sweet side and that was intentional Um, I want my gaming life to be about fun and not about drama and uh, for the most part and for most of the last half of this decade uh, Star Citizen had been the central focus of my online gaming life Uh, central focus and the banner under which my gaming community came into being and not mine like I own it but mine like it's it's a sort of home to the people I game with today and with whom I intend to game with until they pry the controller from my cold, dead fingers. <laughs> um, so, um, this look back at uh, sitcom 2949 is going to be uh, with a critical eye. Um, in other words, we're not going to focus upon theorycraft or spend time presupposing what the years ahead might bring. Um, it has been five and a half years since my journey with Star Citizen began, and to my mind, that's more than enough time gone to justify a critical look at the current state of the game. Um, okay, and like I said, I can feel it already, this show is likely going to span multiple episodes. Uh, it could be two, it could be twice that money. I, I don't know, um, because uh, I know that you and I uh, both have opinions about things, and uh, it's not opinions that we've discussed on our shows in the past about um about other games or you know um well we, we wouldn't buy other games and we don't discuss star citizen very much so except for the you know the occasional uh, snide remark but um <laughs> so i'm guessing that um you know uh, depending upon how in-depth we go um our brain minds and our face mouths um we'll uh, we'll find out just how how much uh how many bits it's going to take uh together um, and since doing the Pants Cast content, we have been recording and releasing a single episode per month, I think I already said this, uh, and my intention is to pick up that pace for the duration of this particular show's episodes, uh, so do stand by your Twitter machines for updates as they happen, so, um, sound okay to you? Sounds good to me. All right, and and, and then we'll uh, we'll discuss other things too along the way, and at the end, um, um, such as time allows. Um, if I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do—that's a whole era of music you missed. Thank yeah. you for, for you. <laughs> oh God, uh, the 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 birth of the incipramental, as uh, as Mrs. G calls them. Um, <laughs> All right, but before there was Citizen Con 2949, there was history. There was our history. There was our history with Star Citizen and the Star Citizen organization, those guys with ships. Uh, please allow me to reminisce. Um, now, December 19th, 2944, a little thing dropped on the Star Citizen YouTube channel. Um, the promise of a dream, um, a nerd's dream it was, a dream to reach higher and go farther than MMO or MMO gamers ever could before, to a place filled with dreams of action, danger, risk, reward, and of course, lots of adventure. And I am, of course, referring to the Imagine Trailer TM. Uh, and this was a fan creation. Uh, Years 100 was the um, the the young man that did that, um, and it was it was a very special thing. And uh, it was acquired by CIG i 'm um, assuming because of its clear, powerful message, and it, uh, they featured it prominently in their marketing uh, materials for a while um and the message of of the video and you you 've seen it of course right i'm sorry which video i don 't uh the the imagine was trailer the,
1: was that the first one that had like the, the really bad c g i with chris Roberts no 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 no
0: this is the one where um Uh, ooh, this is, this is, uh, we, we might have to, uh, we might have to, uh, have you watch this real quick. Oh, that's, how interesting. I probably have seen it, I just don't recall the name. Yeah, it's, um, I will post it in the, um, the chats and edit this later for, uh. Oh, I found
1: it. Yes. Yes, I do remember this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so
0: very, very powerful um, uh, video in, in my, my gaming life. Um, it was... Um, back to the notes, back to the notes. Um, the message that I got from it was that it was an invitation to share in, uh, in Chris Roberts' uh, promise of eternal space nerd dreams uh, finally realized, um, you know, dreams that you know for a lot of us began back with the original Star Wars, and it's like, oh, cool! I want to do that. I wish I could do that. I mean, obviously, we didn't have video games then uh, that would even uh, begin to um, uh, allow us to do that sort of thing. But then, when personal computers happened, you know, stuff that was you know pretty uh, was sort of heading down that road towards the virtual reality we were just discussing a moment ago. Uh, that began to happen, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know why, but computer nerds and space nerds, they, um, they share some common DNA, and so out of that, um, out of that convergence, um, you know, we've got, uh, we've got the community of, of enthusiasts uh, that we have today, and uh, so you know, this, this video, you know, it was, it was these nerd dreams finally realized, and to be realized together, which was the huge thing, because we'd had, um, prior to 2012, we'd had lots of space games, um, you know, of course, uh, the Wing Commander series, um, back to, um, you know, Elite Dangerous, the original Elite Dangerous, we'd had space games, but they were usually um, either multi- or a single player, or if they were multiplayer, very simple, and not allowing for a lot of, the uh, type of immersion, persistence, and immersion uh, that um, uh, seemed to be promised in in the imagined trailer. So, um, and you know, so it was exciting. Like you know, we're gonna we're gonna be able to share this with, with our with our space nerd friends, with the guys that we went and saw Star Wars with, um, with the guys that we used to talk about uh, playing the single player games with. You know, at the game store. And we'd be able to do that in-game with them. um, And then we would make new friends along the way. So very, very heady stuff at that time. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. uh, Because earlier that same year, um, a journey began. And a journey to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go... No, not that journey. <laughs> no. Uh, it was during the heat of that earthling summer that Gleepdolf, the then gray, now white, and Pizzagorn, he who is sometimes called Strider or Jonto or J to the dot to the P-I-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-A. <laughs> I practiced that one. Um, and another guy named Caleb. Uh, all got together and started a star citizen organization and then a podcast to talk about it Uh, and of course that org was and still is those guys with ships and the podcast was the verse cast which lived for a for 201 fun-filled episodes before the plug was pulled and the last of our intrepid heroes went off in other directions Uh, the fellowship was then broken so sad space panda was indeed sad And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that along that 201 fun-filled episode uh, path, uh, there sure were a lot of fine old gents. Fine? fine, No, I'm sorry. Read the words. Fine lot-o-gents that joined in and helped with the show. Um, uh, Jimmy Croker, Ace Azamine, um, Blackguard Mark, uh, Blackguard um, Johnny, um, uh, Turd Ferguson, Wolf Larson... um, Dietrich, he is he who is called Dietrich, um, and of course our friend Amontillado. Now, were you ever on the cast show? Uh, uh,
1: I think I might have been on once or twice.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I know back back, uh, my memory is hazy. It's been a while, um, and so if then if there's anybody else I'm forgetting, it's on account of me being dropped on my head once times too many. Um, I tell Mrs. Glee, you lift with your legs, honey, not with your back, because mm-hmm. <laughs> she picks me up and she drops me because I'm a lot bigger than her. Um, as for the original Versecast gangsters, that's OVG, yeah, you know me. <laughs> like, these things happen. These things happen and I can't stop them. Um, Caleb went his own way fairly early on. Um, Jonto uh left doing the show on the regular sometime in 46 or early 47, I think. I don't know the exact dates, I, I'm not, uh. I'm not uh, ex- exactly, I, I, I perused uh, the iTunes offerings and could not remember from the titles, kind of make up some weird titles sometimes, um, exactly when it was that he left. But he was always still around, um, if not on the show, then behind the scenes, um, helping out with um, all the technical stuff that, um, that uh, still uh, confuse and frighten me. Um, at the end of 47, I pulled the plug on identifying Versecast as a Star Citizen podcast, and then after that, Turd and I messed about for a bit doing GTA and Sea of Thieves content, and you were involved in a lot of that. Um, yeah. Then Johnto and I decided it was time to hand the keys to the Those Guys with Ship's Executive Washroom. Over to Mr. Wolf Larson, and that was the final verse cast show, which dropped on January eleventh, twenty nine, forty nine. Now, Pizza and I are both still members and big fans of the Those Guys with Ships community. Um, you know, and it, and it does. It still feels good to have been a part of starting that up. Um, I'm no longer playing Star Citizen, though I still do have my hangar, and it's still full of ships and um, and I still have a lot of friends who are playing, and for them, I, I do hope that the Star Citizen project is, is eventually finished um, to some, in some way. I really do. Uh, though I am a bit conflicted about what happens during the between times, but we'll talk about that more uh, later on. Um, now, you, like I said, mentioned, you were heavily involved in the gameplay that became some of our Sea of Thieves uh, content, uh, which Turd and I worked on, and then uh, you've been here since day one um, for the since the birth the birth of the Pants Cast fine family who shows a wholly owned subsidiary of Leaps Gaming Network. Where you're second extended Universal lobotomy is always half off bring a friend. Whew, nailed it. Um, how is it that you found Star Citizen and those guys were ships?
1: I think I was I was just looking for a, a fun space game to play. It was really what I was in the mood for. And the more I looked, the more I looked, I was just really disappointed with what i found which was just mm-hmm. a, pretty much a whole lot of nothing um mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. it was about 2016 that I, I discovered star citizen just sort of as a project by looking for sci-fi you know funds mm-hmm. physics-based space games mm-hmm. um and i had seen the controversy about, around it and i did a lot of research trying to figure out you know is this legit And as far as Mm -hmm. I can tell at the time going through like articles and developing videos, everything, if if it wasn't legit, they didn't know that it wasn't legit (laughs) was what I basically came up with.
0: I think that is, uh, that is a very, a very astute observation. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. Um, yeah, that's, that's excellent. I had thought about it with them, with them brain words, but that that's good. I like that. Um, and so then and then how how did you find those guys with ships was it in the game or did you uh, somehow um, uh find the the show
1: I found the show cuz I was looking through um I guess I was just looking for like theory crafting content for the most part I was just trying to figure out more about the game in general Uh uh-huh. this wasn't the first podcast that I discovered I think I was uh, what was it Something Citizens
0: Oh, um, there were Tales of Citizens. Yes, Tales uh, of Citizens.
1: I listened to, like,
0: all of that. Yeah, Bridger. He was, um, he, Bridger and, um, oh, shoot, what was the other guy's name? There was, like, three guys that were usually on there, and they are, their org was Team Legacy. Yeah. And I remember early on with uh, those guys with ships, there were uh, several of our members who were really interested in getting involved in very, you know, di- sort of disciplined dogfighting kind of stuff. They were less interested, you know, having, you know, people to hang out with and more interested in trying to, you know, get think- get something done, you know, be be the best dogfighters they could be. Right. It should be like a, t- a T-shirt or a poster or something. Um, and um, so they actually... Joined Team Legacy, and I don't know if they like had dual citizenship because uh, <laughs> I know I know that because like Avi Physics I think was there, and there was a couple of other guys I can't remember who the other ones were. But anyway, they were they were serious guys, and they had you know like like Navy fighter pilots, ex Navy fighter pilots who were like you know giving instruction and stuff. So it was hardcore stuff. Wow. Um, and when they when they folded, when they folded and said, you know what, there's just nothing to talk about of this game anymore. I, you know, because they went from once a week down to once a month. And then they just threw in the towel. They just said, there's, there's, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. And if it starts to look promising again, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be back. And, uh, I've not seen them since. I mean, I haven't, haven't really gone looking recently, but, um, um, I really took that as, um, um, uh, not a good indicator. Not a good indicator for the project that uh, that a group like that was uh, was bailing out. Um, that was, was a really
1: sour note for me as well. But unfortunately, that was already after I bought in. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I believe. Uh,
0: yeah, and there was um, there was other. Um, I mean, I've been listening to Guard Frequency since uh, before we started doing Versecast. Since uh, so, I guess like 2013. There was a Sonny's Diner. They were a Star Citizen podcast for a while, um, and then um, I think you know a lot of these podcasts. Life happens. You know, life happens, and they you know they get new jobs. They have to. They move away. Um, uh, there was um, what was it? Star Signal, I think it was, and I think Star Signal. Actually, one of the guys on Star Signal uh, went on, and he's one of the. Um, the guy is doing info runners on YouTubes who are still um, um, a star citizen um, a show, but they're on the youtubes. I don't think I don't know if they do an audio version anymore, but mm-hmm. anyway, so um yeah, so about about two thousand sixteen you found uh, you found the game and, and um and somehow um, uh, uh, misdialed and, and ended up on our station <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah uh, I think that that's what got me into the the actual community, but what got me to stay, I guess was um just how nice everybody was everyone was like immediately welcoming you know if you're if you're in the group you're part of the crew and everyone's nice to you right off the bat
0: yeah i mean and i think that's still um you know just because of the way things uh, um, um worked out um i'm not i try not to be over there as much i mean we you know we have our, our group of, of folks that we play with on friday nights uh that um, are still based on that server on that discord server so I'm, I'm over there for that but I try not to because uh, wolf is wolf is in charge wolf it's wolf's you know orc now so um, uh, I try not to um, uh, to be you know to disrespect that you know I'm not trying to you know ab- you know abandon the responsibility but then you know still you know um, you know monopolize the you um, um, Whatever, <laughs> you can tell when I haven't written things down. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, and I agree, and I think. But I guess my point is, I think it's still that way. I mean, we've we've got some characters, you know, um, and uh, and uh, and you know who you are. Um, uh, but I think in general, we don't have we don't have any real jerks that I'm aware of over there. No. Um, yeah. So, and which I think you know is is a thing to be said for. Um, uh, for an online gaming community, because um, I think that there are some places where um, uh, toxicity uh, is is prevalent, or tro- toxicity is, is there and has to be you know has to be dealt with, uh, um, and and uh, you know nobody wants that you know so um, I think uh, I think that that's a, a good thing, and I think that part of that has to do I like to believe that part of that has to do with the way. That we let the organization grow organically. Um, we were not, you know, we weren't trying to go on other people's shows and advertise. You know, our group. We weren't, um, you know, doing, um, you know, like paid promotions. We weren't consciously not giving stuff away on the show. Uh, because we didn't want to have people be listening to the show or hanging out in our Discord if they were, if their incentive to be there was to win something for free. You know, we right. wanted them to be there because they felt like they fit in and that they would enjoy playing with our group of people. So, um, I, I think you know, you know, to this point anyway, that that uh, that that has worked as intended. So, yay! Um. All right. So, um, CitizenCon twenty nine forty nine. Uh, to Manchester. It it was in Manchester this year, wasn't it? <laughs> I think so. It was overseas. I don't. I can't remember which one. It was Manchester or Germany. It was one of those two. Um, I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was Manchester because I know Board Gamer was there, and I know Board doesn't like to travel. Um, and so I think if it's, when it's in Germany, he doesn't go. So anyway, I know he was there. So I'm gonna say Manchester. Um, But before we begin this year's event, I want to define a structure to aid me in communicating my criticalisms uh, for the assessing of development's progress. (laughs) Wah-wah-wee-wah. And I do believe uh, that this particular structure that I have uh, jotted down here has been set out before um, in some ancient timeline by the prime citizen himself. So there's that. How now brown cow moo bovine humor is no reason just because cows. <laughs> Sometimes I don't I do, do an excellent job of editing. Um, so beginning at the end and working our way back, and I know that this is probably not the way that it works in the real world right now, but this is a way that I remember it from in, in the day when I was in the biz. I was never in gaming, but I was in software development. So, um, <clears throat> Working back from the end to um, the beginning, uh, you have the release phase. And so it, that is, the project, the game, the software, whatever it is, it's done. And bugs are worked out the best they possibly can be, and all the systems and mechanics intended to be in are in, and functioning as intended. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that they had desired at the very beginning was there, because they may have decided along the way that something doesn't work, or that something just isn't possible at at this version. But you've reached a milestone where you're going to say this is complete and uh we're going to release it so we we say feature complete and content complete um reasonably bug free too um so and like I say they may add things later um but right now you know they they're 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 good to go with a minimum viable product that that has been successfully completed so is is that still the way that uh that release uh, candidates um um are in the world
1: it depends um... A lot of times what we do is something's not even a small part of the feature is not done until it's in production. So we have something called feature flags where the code is live, but it's turned off, and just the uh, okay, just the fact that it's in production makes it exponentially more certain that it is complete, even if it's not running right now. so we we deliver as many small pieces to production as fast as we can.
0: okay. Okay, and some of those may not be enabled when when they go in, but um, when uh, when the time is right, you guys flip the switch and um, uh, and, and hope for the best. Yes, and all <laughs> the lights
1: all the lights come on. Obviously, we well, test with the that flag on in our QA environment as well. Right, right. But it's it's but a you're, pretty you're thorough. thorough
0: conf, you're confident. You're confident that it's ready to go into the production environment.
1: Absolutely, things have been extensively tested. We've got unit tests. We've got automated tests that are integration tests run by QA that test the entire environment more holistically. Um, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot mm-hmm. that goes into making sure all that works the way it's supposed to. But we, we move very fast, a lot faster than a, something like Star Citizen probably would.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's we when I was, because um, I was around for Y2K, and, we, and I was doing a lot of, um, I was a systems analyst leading up to Y2K, and so we did a lot of, you know, the last couple of years getting ready for y2k you know we could because you know someone looked at a calendar and said hey guys did you know that in two years they're going to be that whole two date two number date thing that's going to like roll over to zeros what do you suppose will happen (laughs) and we said i don't know but we need cobalt grammars now
1: (laughs) yeah integer overflows uh rough
0: (laughs) so but anyway, it was yeah, it was a much slower process, at least in the environment that we were in. Um, so it was all you know, it was all enterprise stuff, and it was all on big iron, and it was all um, um, it was all stuff that went through long planning processes. But when we got to a release candidate, we had done what we had a thing called you know, uh, um, uh, it wasn't called back office; it was called something like that. But it was basically a, a complete test environment that we would run stuff through. Um, and so the, you know, because we had so many, the company I was working for had acquired so many smaller companies that we had, you know, HP systems and Unix systems and um, uh, uh, NT systems all communicating with each other. And so there was a lot um, a lot of kludging that had happened to make these companies speak to each other. Um, and, uh, you know, with the idea that someday there would be um, a comprehensive... Uh, um, unifying thing to, to tie everything together. I think they were talking about doing a SaaS uh, solution at some point. I don't know. I was gone after, by then. Uh, but um, uh, some big German company, I think, SAS. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was when we got to that point where we put it into, when we said it was, a, you know, when we released it, we were confident that it was going to work. You know, that didn't mean we did you know, pay close attention the first uh the first couple days it was in production but we definitely were um, paying uh, confident that we had done our due diligence so all right. prior to the release you're in beta so um, future complete and content complete but you're still you're looking you're in a test environment and you're looking for bugs you're you're hoping to find um, uh, you know the, the things that you hadn't caught before uh, but you've got you've got all of all of the stuff in there that you need to have when it goes to release. It's there. It's active. Uh, like you said, you know, you've you've had these things that you with the, with the uh, the flags that go into production turned off. But at some point in, in the test environment, you turn those flags on to make sure that, that things were working.
1: Right. Um, it also right? means and if it goes a... bad in production, you can turn it off without having to do another deployment. Very smart. Very
0: very smart, um, so yeah yeah I mean it's on the systems that we had NT systems we were on so if something went sideways we would we would you know kill that service and everything else would would continue to run but um, yeah that's 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 an excellent uh, an excellent uh, eh, maybe it hasn't changed so much after all I mean I guess binary is still ones and zeros right yeah oh okay there you go all right and so prior to beta then we have alpha. And so, my understanding of Alpha has been that it is feature-complete, but it is... Oh! Hey, doggie! Um, but content-incomplete, um, so all of the, we'll say in the context of, of game development, all the gameplay mechanics are in, but all of the content associated with those mechanics is likely not in yet, and so I've constructed a clever um, and hopefully humorous little example Um, the eagerly anticipated post-APOC delivery side-scroller Tweaker McGee TM, Zombie Bicycle Messenger TM. (laughs) Now, you see, Tweaker, he can accept missions, he can pick stuff up, he can deliver the stuff, deliver the stuff that he picks up, man, um, and he gets uh, rewarded for his efforts. And so the feature, the game mechanic, the, the pickup and delivery mechanic is complete, but maybe he can only do these missions using one particular bicycle. And so the progression in the game is as he gets better, he can buy a fancier bike, or he can get a, you know, um, a stereo for his bicycle, or he can buy better drugs, or you know, whatever. Um, so um, and maybe there's only one or two missions that he can do. So maybe when, the, when, the full, when all the content is in, there's going to be um, uh, many more missions from uh, the old Twixter to choose from. Um, and so it is, of course, understood at this point in the alpha stage that the additional content will be forthcoming and that the purpose of playing the game at this point is to test the mechanics already in place and begin balancing the things what need to be balanced. Um, now, I do call this a game, but it's only very loosely a game, very loosely so, I think, um, because without the full range of options and assets completed, you can play it, but you can't really complete it. It's not. There's not. You're not able to complete the progression. So um, I think of that like as a game demo. You know, kind of like when when the uh, the first Doom came out. It it came on two floppy disks, um, and that was their demo version. It was shareware at that point. Um, and I guess shareware is still a thing, but it was a big thing for a while. And so you would get two floppy disks. You would load it up, and you got the first three levels. Um, and then, if you wanted any more, you had to buy the game. So, you know, in a way, that's kind of a, kind of an alpha version because it's you've got all the functionality, all the functionality it, that's in there it, it works. Um, you've got three levels, so you've got some content there, but the content's not complete. You don't have the big boss fights. You don't have. I don't think you got far enough to get the the BFG, um, which was you know sort of a milestone in the game. Um, but so what you get works but you ain't got yet what all there is to get so um uh that's what i think of as alpha how, how does that uh how does that uh, jibe with uh, your interpretation
1: i guess pretty much right um you might you probably also have a lot of assets that aren't finalized like a lot of it's probably mm-hmm. just testing that those features work not necessarily that they're going to be in their their final version um mm-hmm. so but- so is that what
0: gray box is? Because white box and then gray box, right?
1: Yeah, white box and then gray.
0: Okay, so you could have something in gray box where some of the assets don't have their final skins on them, or something like that.
1: I think, I believe, white box is more like literally blocking out a thing, whereas gray box is starting to have more finer de- finer detail, and then black box is completely done. Okay. Okay, and so.
0: In alpha, we, we're not necessarily polished. You know, we, we we could have just the functionality in place where um, uh, the character, <laughs> the care, uh, your your um uh your doom uh, your doom guy looks like uh, looks like something from uh, Super Hot rather than Doom Guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say the the boxes concept is sort of separate from alpha and beta. Okay, okay, that's, that's more right. of a development um, strategy.
0: But so yeah, so we're we're we we've got a, a, a good portion, if not all, of the features in there. Um, but definitely, you've got you know content that, that is yet to be uh, integrated in, into the game. So now this is where it gets kind of fuzzy. Prior to this, moving back on the timeline uh, to the pre-alpha, so we have feature incomplete and content incomplete. Um, now that's the way that uh, that I had. Now I had not heard of pre-alpha when I was involved in. In, in software testing. It's not that really was, a thing. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, but, you know, if you if you're going from content, you know, from uh, feature complete, content complete, feature complete, content incomplete, you know, the next step down, you know, I'm thinking you got to go feature incomplete, content incomplete. I mean, it makes sense. Um, and it's, this is where all these shades of gray come to die. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, There may be 50 of them, I don't know, I can't count that high. But um, so, um, this is a semi-rhetorical question. To qualify for inclusion in this category, do some or does at least one feature need to be very nearly, if not completely complete? Um, so, you know, like in my Tweaker McGee, um, is that his last name? I know he's Tweaker. Tweaker McGee? Tweaker McGee, yeah. Zombie Bicycle Messenger. Um, in in that so let's suppose that tweaker doesn't actually have a bicycle you know that he's um or that there's not a bicycle that he's actually riding so you don't have the mechanic of him having to stop the bike in traffic or anything maybe he's just uh you know side scrolling he's floating he's floating like your uh, like your wizard does in destiny 2 you know just sort of floating you know palpatine like you know from uh from uh platform to platform um you know Maybe maybe that's kind of where we're, where it's not his feature isn't even there. But we want to see you know hey can we you know can he go to the window can he get the uh, the thing to pick up can he then float over to uh, the destination in the other office building to the window and drop it off and have the uh, the game register that he's completed and gets his um, you know his a monster energy drink you know I mean, is that is that part of it working? Um, you know, and I, I know that it would be really easy to rabbit hole this and just say, "Well, you know," but what, what, what flavor of Monster Energy, and, and is it is it the zero calorie or is it the um, you know the full sugared version? You know, I mean, it's like I think it's just the point is is that you, nothing is really done, but you may have something to work with. You may have um, um, a thing that uh, you started up and it doesn't immediately blue screen your system.
1: Um, I don't man, even know don't if that's you. true. I I think pre-alpha <laughs> yeah. is basically just a tech demo. Like so let's say normally in your in your McGee game the sky mm. should be like I don't know, maybe maybe the boxes or um are actually dynamic or something. But in this case we have totally stripped that out and we we've used cutscenes to make something happen that isn't actually happening just to make it look like it's happening just to see if people actually like even just sort of the concept of this, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the pre-alpha "quote unquote" features won't even make it to alpha because they're not—they're not real. They're just intended to show what something might look like if it—if it looks good in theory.
0: Okay, excellent. Because and that what you said there is what I had sort of next in the bottom of the barrel with, is tech demo, and it's like you know making the distinction between pre-alpha and tech demo i think is kind of is is you know sort of that's where those shades of gray come in you know i think it's the same thing almost like
1: when is a pre-alpha not a tech demo i don't know i don't know i don't know but but these are
0: these are terms that get you all a tech demo in in our conversation that we're going to have the tech demo doesn't get used very often if at all uh pre-alpha gets used constantly um so um i um that's why i kind of wanted to make that distinction but um you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with any of this. You know, I, I'm I'm, you know, in the process in the development process, these things have got to go through these stages, and um, you know, every lowly tech demo at some point in the process, you know, has to grow up and become you know pre-alpha or alpha, you know, or uh, so you know, hold your head high, little tech demo. Someday you'll be a real boy.
1: Yay! Or you might get rewritten five times from scratch. <laughs> yes. That's the more likely scenario. Um
0: and and then just for the lols, um CR's apparent new personal fave early stages <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> uh, and to my mind this is just mar- marketing jargon for this ain't going to work right you know on your on your pc for a very long time to come but you know hey you know i'm i'm happy to show it to you if it will uh, help you uh mm-hmm um uh uh, pre-order the game now (laughs) um okay so uh that was that was uh you know i think those are fairly um fairly uh distinct um and the reason that i bring these up is that i want to go through the presentation and i want to assess what is shown and you know take the information given and uh, try to place the project where it belongs or the pieces of the project where it belongs So, we can assess just how much progress is being made. Um, I went back um, and I didn't share this with you earlier, but I went back and I watched uh, the 2016 Citizen Con, the Citizen Con of the Sandworm. Um, uh, I I was there. I was there, and um, that was in LA. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I was surprised just, and I've only done a, a quick, brief viewing, but I was surprised at how little apparent change has occurred since then. Um, you know, the, the, the maps or the, the demo they showed was beautiful. You know, the demos they showed this time was beautiful. Um, you know, the gameplay mechanics, there weren't really any, you know. Um, there was a, a mission. You go out, you get a thing, uh, you come back, and on the way back, they start shooting at you. You know, that's, you know, that happened then. Happened again now, so um, we'll definitely get into that more in depth. So maybe before we um, we meet again, maybe if you want to give that a, a quick perusal. Um, yeah, uh, it was. Um, but uh, that 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 really you know caught my attention and made me do the RCA dog head tilt
1: thing. Um, it was very okay. exciting to see that whole demo. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. So and then the next part that I want to talk about um, here uh, tonight is. Um, Is a little bit about citizens, um, and uh, I want to talk about pre-ordering the game, uh, and also about um, supporting the dream. You know, Chris's dream, and um, and and I'm not I'm not trying to you know make anybody else's yum my yuck. Um, You know, we all have to have our own experience of this project and um, and act accordingly. Um, So there's no um, there's no making other people wrong for how they feel about it. But I just want to kind of set out, um, uh, how it is that I see it. Because like I said, I've I've been wanting to talk about this thing for a very long time and haven't really figured out a way or hadn't really figured out a way to do that. Um, without, um, having it come across as salt. I don't want it to be salty. Um, but I also want it to be real, you know, um, because, uh, uh, I think that, that that's that that's important to have real discussions about things. And uh, the um, this year's citizen con um, sort of kicked me over the edge there, and, and prompted me to, to kind of throw this thing together. So uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I th- I think it, it'll be uh, um, it'll be. I'm not I'm not I'm not expecting to change anybody's mind, but I do want to um, uh, uh, to say my piece and, and hear your piece, and um, and then we go. F- Go f- we go back to uh, uh, glasses overflowing more than half full about the games that we love playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so um, I, I, I believe that the, the greater active Star Citizen community, we've got, I don't know, two and a half million citizens now. Of that, there's some small percentage that actually own ships or own, or own or are financially invested in, in, in the project. And of those, even a smaller subset that I would call active in, in the community, be that uh, playing the game or um, uh, participating in forums, um, and there's, you know, there's Spectrum forums, there are, there are uh, forums both, um, you know, both Salty and uh, Sacrony uh, on Reddit that you can, can visit and, and hear people's uh, uh, points of view. And I think that uh, rather than, you know, love it, hate it, you know, being the um, uh, the points of view, I think that you can th- sort of tease out of that that you have people that are supporters of the dream, and then you have people that are almost exclusively just pre-orderers of the game. Um, and I'm not saying that that... that these descriptions necessarily apply to the entire population in any way, or that they're all-encompassing. That you can only be one or the other. Um, you know, I think that you know many, many uh, followers uh, of the project um, are reflect aspects of both of these distinctions. But I do think that you know, kind of, kind of like uh, the world today, um, that the Star Citizen community is kind of, it's kind of represented by this bimodal distribution, where you have You have, you know, you have us and you have them, you know, and uh, the funny thing is that if you're on the them side to the us people, then you're an us people to the them, right? So, the other way around. (laughs) But you know what I'm talking about. We have division. We have division and we have, um, uh, there's, those shades of gray have disappeared. So, which I think is unfortunate. Um, Because it makes it harder to have an objective conversation about what's going on. So... Um, and so, um, I want to talk about, first I want to talk about the pre-orderers, and I think that that's, that's pretty clear, that you have a follower of the project who makes payment for in-game assets and access to test builds in advance of the product release. Um, and this is not unique to Star Citizen, of course. I mean, lots of games do it, And, and why? Well, because... Um, uh, why? Well, why do they do it? Because they want to get your money sooner. They want to get you locked in um, to the game um, sooner than later. Because the longer you have to decide, the greater the chance that you might choose something else to play. Um, and so, um, why would you want to do that as the consumer? Well, I mean, you know, uh, uh, look at look at uh, you and I in uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, you know, we we went big. Um, uh, and we got you know fancy horses and you know fancy holsters and stuff as compensation for um, for you know committing a little harder to that project um, and you know and that's and that's fine I mean I'm I'm happy with that um, but um, but and let's see it's some some sort of usually um, pre-order. Pre-order, further purchase, bonus in-game assets, maybe early access, perhaps even a real nylon canvas duffel bag with genuine faux stitching and sometimes functional zipper. Uh, Don't even remind me about (laughs) the bag.
1: Oh, God. I've been waiting all week to say that. (laughs) I bet you have. At least my helmet doesn't have asbestos in it or whatever. What was it? There was some, like, bacteria in the foam lining if you got the GameStop helmet instead of the actual one that came with the uh, with Fallout 76. So that's, that's another sort of faux pas. Yeah. God, you know, what What,
0: did, what were we saying earlier? No no more uh, developers that start with B? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All
0: right, okay. Um, I tease because I love. Um, for those who have pre-ordered Star Citizen, the compensation they have received includes... Uh, early access to test builds, and I, I'm, I'm very proud of this one, the folding of time into pre-release progress. So in other words, pre-release acquisition of in-game assets ranging in value from mostly negligible to dynasty defining. Um, so you know, and I'm sorry folks, yeah, um, Oh, I'm not, I'm not sorry. I don't want to say that. I'm not sorry. Um, if you are a member of the Million Mile High Club, you have folded years, if not generations, of in-game effort time into upper echelon citizenship day one. I mean, that's just a fact. You know, um, and uh, I mean, I know that that... That a lot of people sort of tend to hear that as, oh, you're you're um, you're saying it's pay to win, and there is no win condition, so it can't be pay to win. <laughs> you know, I I am not saying that it's pay to win because you know why we all play these games is is different. I mean, it's not like a football game or a basketball game where at the end of a particular you know period of time, whoever has the most points uh, gets to go home with the hottest cheerleaders. I mean, that's not I, I understand that that's not the the case here, but you know what? If there is going to be, and I think that you know they're fairly they're fairly self-selecting, and you can tell them by their membership that there are folks that it is important to them, or it is of significant value to them to have the the you know the fanciest ships and to have access to the most exclusive areas. You know, I mean that's you know real life is like that too. Um, uh, for, fortunately for me, um, I would never be a member of a club that would have me. <laughs> <laughs> Groucho Marx. Groucho. Um, so, um, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on, um, on, uh, the pay to win? I mean, do you have any, um, that, uh,
1: I mean, I definitely feel so, that, um, having your ship blown up is losing. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if blowing up someone else's ship is, is winning all the time, but it's mm-hmm. it's definitely losing to have your ship blown up. If you've got yeah. a, a Mustang beta or whatever and a, and a hammerhead comes through and just kind of crushes your ship like it's a bug, that's not, that's not yeah. fun. I, I mean, if no. it is fun for you, then, you know, you go for it, but it's not fun for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's got to be like an org that, all the members have Mustang betas and they're like the beta males or something. They just go around apologizing for stuff.
1: <laughs> we, have, we have to claim that before someone else does make that a trademark of Gleep Industries.
0: <laughs> the beta males, <laughs> the beta males. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had impure thoughts about you. I just wanted you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh all right, man all right all right, all right all right turn turn back turn back okay um all right gosh man i, I told you i did i did write a whole bunch here so i'm having a hard time um um all right so stepping up back a bit here uh, when Versecast started its fabled run uh which is when i first pre-ordered uh the squid latron 42 was expected to be released by the end of 2945. Um, and supposedly would, upon completion, place the player directly into the Star Citizen universe with the advantage of certifiable, citizen sh- certifiable citizenship and all its commensurate benefits. So you would essentially have done your service in the, um, in the UEE, um, and you would... Um, you would get out, you know. You would have a pilot's license. You would have access to stuff. And I remember there used to be talk about. There used to be theory crafting about. You know, well I want to start the game, you know, as a janitor, you know, like at a at a at a bar. And I and then I want to, you know, save my money and buy, you know, a used Aurora. And then I want to, you know, maybe you know run, you know, small missions until I eventually get, you know, enough money to to buy an Idris, you know. And it's like, okay, you know. And then there are the Million Mile High Club people who basically have already done that. You know, they're, they're starting the game in their Idrai. In their idry um, Elbas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, but anyway, so, um, so at that time, a year and a half away, and I remember this conversation with John like it was yesterday, um, a year and a half away seemed like forever. Um, you know, I was playing Minecraft on John's server um, John dot John.pizza, uh, on his server. And he was saying, let me tell you about this game, Star Citizen. And, uh, you know, I said, yeah, it sounds really cool. And he says, yeah. And I said, so if I back now, if I if I pre-order the game now, when's it coming out? And he said, it's going to be out at the end of next year. It's supposed to be out at the end of next year. And I'm like, oh, man, wow. You know, year and a half. All right. <laughs> and... <laughs> Then, apparently, uh, the Vanduul uh, needed more time to get their invasion ducks all in a row. Um, So the call to save humanity was delayed until 2946. Remember remember Answer the Call 2016? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I do. Um, So that was two and a half years out. Um, And that was three years ago now. So uh, five and a half years and counting, and they're talking about beta sometime next year, which I have no idea what that means for us. Uh, I mean, because I know they're they're very guarded about the storyline. So, how are they going to beta that publicly? They can't. Um, so, um, you know, I think realistically, you're looking you're looking sometime in 2021, um, if if then. Um, so anyway, um, you know, great, sure, uh, you betcha, uh, and the rest was you know since that time, three years ago, uh, as Joe Pesci says what it is have you seen the irishman yet not yet okay all right all right and, and i and I, I totally get that i mean i'm a scorsese you know fanboy so that's I, I had to see it um it's on my list but i i did want to um to to bring up that you had made a comment in chat some weeks back to the effect of why didn't they deep fake the star's faces onto younger bodies instead of doing the incredibly expensive thing that they did uh, to to use the actual actors throughout, and you were absolutely right. Uh, I will say that, and that's not a spoiler because it's all over the place. Uh, there were some scenes in which De Niro's physical age was comically obvious. I mean, uh, he's <laughs> supposed to be he's supposed to be in his mid thirties, and he he's walking he's walking like an like an eighty year old man. But
1: I will say the deep fake um, won't help
0: with that. Right, but they could have put his face on a on a on a body double. Oh, that's know, true. With the, with the deep deepfakes. Uh, but, you know, and I got to think about it, I said, you know, and I know that the movie was done shooting at least a couple years ago, I think. Um, and so it could have been at the time that they had to make the decision, you know, what are we going to do? The deep fake technology either wasn't available, they weren't aware of it, you know, whatever. But, um, so anyway. <laughs> it might not have been I, uh, as good
1: at the time, maybe.
0: I wanted to acknowledge you for having that, that insightful insight there. Um, and, yes... I was uh, enticed by Chris Roberts' dream into pre-ordering the future game Star Citizen with Janto's help, um, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions, man. Um, I was happy to get uh, Squadron 86 as a bonus, uh, you know. And you know, since Mark Hamill made that faux pas, uh, you can never say actually Squadron 42 anymore. You have to make up some other name for
1: it. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was happy to get the Squid Latron eighty six as a bonus. Though when that part of the dream uh, magically transmogrified into a not co op, drop in, drop out, play it all the way through with your friends experience, because that's what it was. Um, I melted my combo package, and just like Mark Hamill, I forgot its name. <laughs> I'm just kidding. am just kidding. But well, um, yes. Um, when I originally pre ordered, I. Fully understood that the, uh, the money being raised from the sale of in-game assets by CIG to me, because they were CIG then, uh, was going to be used to fund the development of the project. And I also understood, after a fashion, that all sales are final. Um, there's the whole terms of service uh, debacle that happened um, uh, after a couple years, with, but there's no point in revisiting that. Um, I also understood then, as I do today, that I did not make a donation to CIG. And it doesn't matter what the website says or how many times anyone says CI does not owe backers anything. <laughs> I purchase ships and other in game assets, and I pay sales tax on those purchases. Um, and citizens living in London right now pay 20% value added tax on top of their donations. How, how do you think that feels if you're buying a $2,000 Vanguard? Or what's the, um, is it Vanguard? The $2,000 ship? I mean, you transfer that, you, you, um, um, exchange that for pounds and then put 20% on top of that? Jeez, I mean, it's crazy. No, um, not donations. I mean, you know, Cloud Imperium is a for-profit corporation and, you know, we make donations to registered nonprofit organizations in exchange for, um, you know, f- warm fuzzies about helping an organization do something we believe is good. And tax uh, deductions. And, and for tax breaks, too, yes. <laughs> um... Not for in video game assets, um, and, but that's you know if anyone wants to believe that the money they have given CI doesn't entitle them to their stuff or to considerations of comparable value, that is fine for them. and this is what I was talking about earlier about you know this bimodal distribution and never the Twain shall meet. It's like if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I also get to say it's not okay for them. To renege on the uh, the the game I paid for, I prepaid for. It's not okay. That doesn't mean I have any remedy. That doesn't mean I can do anything about it. But it's not. That doesn't mean I get to say it's okay or that I have to say it's okay because it's not. It never will be. Um. So anyway, um. H- how do you how do you uh, feel about uh, about your purchases? Um, is it, um, is it something that you um, that you well, I don't want to ask you if it's something you regret. I mean, because that's not really... Um, that's, that's sort of theory-crafting in its own weird way.
1: Um, I can tell you if you... I regret it at the moment. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I don't regret buying the Cutlass. I do regret getting an Asperia Prowler, even if I got it a little bit discounted. Um, mm-hmm. I, I Honestly, I, I wish I had never bought anything more than an Avenger. I think I should have stayed in an Avenger and just been a Mm -hmm. casual observer. Um, I think even getting a hundred dollars in kind of had me more invested than I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't, I don't know. I don't see it as a donation. Um, Even if you see it as funding the project, it's not a a donation. There are expectations when I purchase my game package or my ship that it's going to work. Right. Right. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. I mean, and it's, I mean, because you, you look at the the pledge store, you know, you can call it a pledge store, but you know, they're, those are sales materials. Um, you know, this entire last CitizenCon presentation was a marketing vehicle, and I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm I, you know that that's perfectly fine. I mean, they've got they've got you know a lot of employees to pay now. They've got a lot of um, of um, you know facilities that they're um, uh, upkeeping. However that has to happen um, and uh, yeah so i'm not I'm not saying you know ooh you know evil i'm I'm, I'm just saying that call it what it is which it is that it's sales it's marketing materials to sell you future ships you know or future assets in the game or you know um, <laughs> what was the one that the the internet exploded the most on um, the um the license is to buy land. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah,
1: that was rough. That was real rough.
0: I, I bought one. I bought one and immediately... Well, I had some store credit. I bought it with store credit and immediately melted it, you know? It's like, you know, it's in my it's in my buyback hanger. If it becomes a thing and I want it, you know, I, I, I have access to it. But, you know, it's, um, it's still... I mean, it, it, you're right. It is rough. It is... It's like you're buying... <laughs> Virtual land. I mean, it's like you know. It's like why? Why would you sort of knock down that thinnest of veneers between JPEG ships and you know, um, you know your your vacation dream home at Whispering Pines, you know, on the seashore in Arizona. Yeah, (laughs) it's just it's just. Sometimes you you wonder. It's like is is anybody looking? I mean, you've seen the. Gosh, what? Which state was it? The one that that uh, had the uh, the anti meth campaign? Um,
1: it the Dakotas. So,
0: yeah, the the meth. We're on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a very similar thing. Is anybody is anybody like approving this stuff? <laughs> yeah. The crazy somebody... thing to
1: me is just how far out that stuff is. I mean, we st- we have I haven't heard anything about land purchases since they sold those. Uh, not not a peep.
0: That's, you know, and that would be a thing I would invite you to um, sort of pay attention to in the 2016 CitizenCon video, um, is all of the things, you know, is look at all the things that are in the bullet points and, you know, count up how many of them actually have happened. You know, they were supposed to happen, you know, within the next year or so, Um, and a lot of those, and I haven't done an actual total yet, but a lot of those still haven't happened now, you know, so, and that's like I say, three years later, so, um, all right, okay, so, yeah, you know, I think, I I think you and I are sort of in the, in the same place, I'm into it a lot more, um, than you are, uh, and I, but I don't, you know, and I, going back and doing it all over again, I likely would do the same thing absent, you know, the experiences that I've had to this point five years later, because, you know, it was, um, uh, with, with the, the podcast and the, uh, the org and all of the friends made and um, you know, the citizen con in, in LA was um, it was not good, uh, but it was a fantastic experience because of all the people I got to meet and all the people I got to hang out with, uh, you know, folks that I had only talked to um, on the interwebs, you know, people from other other podcasts um you know i didn't stand in line to get autographs or anything but (laughs) did i did hang out uh with uh blackguard mark and an incredibly drunk steve bender (laughs) (laughs) listening listening to them talk about you know because mark was was a a marine you know and listening to them talk about you know um you know in the shit combat you know and how that was going to get represented in game but i mean it's like it's like I'm, and I'm looking at Bender there, and I'm just going, "Dude, you're you've got to fall over sometime really soon," because <laughs> <laughs> he, he, you know, he was that kind of drunk. But you know, like, and his eyes are all rolling around, but like his his he was he was his mouth was on point. <laughs> his huh. mouth was on point. It was it was hilarious. But anyway, it was it was a it was a lot of fun. So, um, and you know, as. As you know, the the founder and the leader of the org at that time, you know, it's like I, I I picked up a lot of stuff because this was stuff that I was looking forward to sharing with my friends, you know, and um, and this is my hobby, you know, and you know I've I've got a good job and and I don't have kids, you know, so I'm you know it's not it's not a thing I didn't like you know go without electricity so I could buy a ship, you know I didn't you know I didn't lose my apartment because I you know I bought a ship, you know, so it's I don't I definitely don't feel bad about it, and I and I don't think anybody who um, uh, who is into the game perhaps more now than they wish they were, um, you know, should feel bad about it because the circumstances have changed dramatically over the last five years. So it's, um, I think, um, I think that that's, um, you know, if that helps anybody at all, you know, I I hope, uh, I hope it does. Um, so anyway, um, so that's, that's just one perspective, the, you know, the person who pre-ordered the game. Uh, and that's the one, like I said, that's the one that I happen to hold, and it's the one I, I hold with clenched fists and a firmly set jaw. Uh, but there is also um, the other side of that that I, I mentioned, and that would be the supporters of the dream. Um, and I want to start out, uh, just like like we sort of finished up, is there's nothing wrong with supporting dreams i mean i think that that's that's fantastic and what chris put out there was was really really sexy and really really cool and i don't and like you were saying earlier too i don't believe that they ever were being disingenuous about anything so i mean i think you sort of take that um take that kind of under um um you know under advisement um what was it? Somebody said the other day, never never attribute to... Um, what uh, to malice
1: but can be attributed to incompetence. Exactly, exactly,
0: yeah. So that's, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not again, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm not saying that that's necessarily the case here, but it's, it's something to consider. Um, and, uh, you know, whether somebody supports, their support is monetary or it's, you know, volunteered content creation or whatever... Um, you know, you don't. No one can tell you you have to expect anything in return for your for your generous support. I mean, it's it's up to you. I mean, it was your money, is your time, your effort. Um, I did about 200 episodes of a Star Citizen community podcast, and that was many hundreds of hours of preparation and recording and editing, and every single minute of that was for love of the project and or the community. Always the community more the project in the beginning less so as, uh, as time moved on um, so you know I get it uh, you know I, I I know the font from which thy thirst am quenched <laughs> so here's to you mr. Or, or mrs dream supporter person this buds for you do you remember those those commercials I do I like those yeah. I did those were fun um um uh, so all right and, and but I do want to qualify all that by including um that the supporter relationship um like the pre-orderer relationship with CI with CIG um I wish they quit changing their name um the, it's a two-way relationship and um and the other side of that relationship of both of those is the role of the Dream Custodian TM I just made that up um and that role comes with extra special responsibilities, especially especially you know because you have dream custodians in other other areas um you know uh, a lot of times non nonprofit type of things um uh, and you know if 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 you if you donate to a non nonprofit highly encourage you to you know investigate their um their track record on what they do with their money there are some organizations very very name recognizable organizations that don't have a very good track record uh with um how much of the money collected goes to uh administrative overhead you know there are are some that uh nearly all the money goes to uh um uh the the charity and none goes to overhead so not not saying not saying anything um uh, about anything other than you know it's you know Caveat emptor. You know, look, look look at where you're putting your your, your, your dolares. Um, so when you, you you put money into it, it becomes extra important to um, uh, on the custodian side to take that relationship seriously uh, because the dreams they survive on faith and on the placing of faith and the placing of the faith necessarily includes exposure to some vulnerabilities. So um, Uh, like I said, the dream custodian needs to respect this. And um, so like, in other words, when I trust you, you have a responsibility not to abuse that trust because I have voluntarily, voluntarily or voluntarily, myself into a vulnerable position. Um, uh, And not vulnerable like anybody's going to get hurt, but, you know, it's like apart from money and time, there is a huge emotional investment in this project uh, by a lot of people and I think a lot of times the emotional investment is what speaks loudest um, on on both sides of, of uh, uh, the distribution. Um, so I was a supporter of CR's dream and uh, over time my trust and my faith eroded and this happened because of bad communication and repeated failure to deliver. Um, now, the, the slide for me, the slide into, um, into uh, uh, faith loss, I suppose, uh, into my faith debt. Uh, the slide for me began at that citizen con in 2946 because I don't know if you remember. Um, it was a short period before the con. Chris gave an interview to Gamers Nexus. And at, in that interview, he told them that they were going to show us a vertical slice of Squadron. And, um, and then, uh, and the day of, you know, uh, I was in line uh, before the event uh, while we were waiting for them to open the doors. And I, I talked to, uh, to a lot of people. And pretty much everybody I talked to, I asked them what, what they were most looking forward to. And they said it's the vertical slice. You know, the vertical slice was the reason that they was the thing that they most wanted to see. It wasn't the only reason they were there, but it was the thing they most wanted to see. Um, And so then, you know, the the presentation started, and we didn't hear anything, Um, and somebody in the crowd yelled, uh, vertical slice, and Chris just looked over his shoulder and said, yeah, we're not doing that today. And it's like, you could just feel it in the room. People were just like, oh, man. And I guess that there had been an announcement, I don't know if it was on the forums, or or where, you know, a couple of hours before, or maybe the night before, saying that they weren't going to be able to do it. and. Subsequently, we saw that bit of the movie that they are supposedly filming of the development process, where they were arguing about it at the table, and and Aaron was was you know yelling at Chris, telling him, "Look, you've gotta you've gotta pull the plug on this because it isn't gonna work." And Chris is going, "Yeah, well, you know, what do we do?" No, sorry. If you noticed how much Chris sometimes sounds like um, Barney from The Simpsons.
1: <laughs> sometimes he does. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Um, so for me, for my, in my personal journey, it started there. I was like very much, wow, that was, that was uncool, man. Um, and, um, you know, then in the run-up to 3.0, to the 3.0 release, um, and again, you know, kind of looking back at the, at the, the slides from that CitizenCon, um, you know, promised features started falling away and the communication continued to collapse. We went through a year there, and I think it was the year prior to 3.0, uh, yeah. where there was very little information that came out uh, of, of uh, CIG. Um, so at that point, and I think they had even had an Around the Verse, they were still doing that at that point, that said, you know, gameplay in 3.0. And I'm like, okay, finally, and they talked nothing about actual gameplay mechanics they talked they talked about everything but it seemed like to me and it was after that i just i pulled the lever and punched out you know and i just i can't i said i can't continue to get frustrated by this this poor communication when we're supposed to be dealing with when one of the things that attracted me to the project in the beginning was the open development and you're going to see everything along the way and it's like we were we we would tune in every week and we would get nothing you know we would get we would get ship ads we would get you know um um uh you know uh disco and and uh, ben you know uh telling jokes you know which was fine i mean you know those those impromptu what what did they call that show the um around the verse was it no around the verse was the official show what was the show where they just they would just sort of hang out and and uh you know take uh take questions out of uh twitch chat was that reverse verse, um, or was that something else yeah yeah that's right reverse verse. that was that was a lot of fun and then they they stopped doing that too so it was kind of like you know you guys are getting quieter and quieter and the questions out here are getting louder and louder and that you know that was you know it had been a little bit before that, but that was the last money I spent, and I canceled my subscription to uh, the subscriber content, and I just said, you know what, I'm going to move on and do something else. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, and but, like I said earlier, I still hope for my friends that are, you know, you know, still following the game regularly, are really excited about playing the latest patch, what have you. I really do hope that eventually the game. Uh, it's completed to some extent, you know. I, you know, and I'll be honest. I don't believe that it will be completed, um, and that um, if it does somehow reach a point when and where CI proclaims that the project is complete, that whatever it is at that point, that Star Citizen isn't going to deliver upon the imagined trailer, what was promised in that trailer, and that was the ability to be what I want to be to go where I want to go and to do whatever I want to do in space. <laughs> no, the, the in, I did the in space part. But anyway, that was, that was was those were the actual words in the Imagine trailer, you know? And it's like, you know, people, oh, well, you know, that doesn't really mean anything. That's just an advertisement. It's like, well, no, it's words, and they mean things, and it's the words they use to persuade people to give them money. So there's responsibility on the other side of that. And, um, and I'm, I'm not saying that there's anything to be done about it. You know, we can't. You know, they we can't get a refund. They've already. Some backers have gone to court trying to, um, you know, argue um, that uh, uh, CI has failed to deliver. And I think there was that one guy. He even he was a guy with a <clears throat> with a limiting physical condition where uh, it had progressed to the point that he wasn't going to get any better and wasn't going to be able to play the game anymore. And what the the judge said it got it got to a judge, and what the judge said was, um, you "No, know, they, you know, you, you've got Arena Commander, you've got Star Marine. Um, they have delivered. They have delivered a product. It may not be the product you want, but they have delivered a product. So, they are not. Um, they are not. Uh, 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 they don't have to give you your money back. Basically, so, you know, it's, you know, it, as Joe Pesci said, it is what it is." Um, that's what it is. that's what it is which is, I, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you should watch it. but anyway, so um, so I just you know real quick I want to review. Uh, we have a series of project completion level distinctions um, to, to help us quantify progress. Um, and we have two distinct perspectives through which and that may have come across a bit fuzzy, but we do have two distinct perspectives through which to qualify citizen satisfaction as regards the content of this most recent Citizen con. Um, so we can go tech demo through release uh, and, you know, from the perspective of pre-orderer or dream supporter, you know, and, you know, we're all good nerds here. Um, we have nothing to fear. Um, all your base are belong to us. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm thinking this is where um, let's, we're at. A, God, we're at an hour 21, which is about our, our normal. Um, can you imagine if we had gone all the way to the end? Jesus, we'd be here. We'd be here when they started next CitizenCon. Con. Um uh I I do you have any any comments before we, we press pause and um and reconvene at a, uh
1: in a couple of days? I guess the only thing I want to say is I, I feel like everything we see at CitizenCon is tech demo and everything we have in the game is some early early stage of alpha. You know, we mm-hmm. we have some features but we're nowhere near being you kind know, of remotely feature complete. Not even not even halfway really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His pre-yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on how things have progressed from 2016. I, I um, feel like they largely haven't. Yeah, I, it's um, you know that the skins have changed, but the um, the names remain the same, or the song remains the same. I don't know. Yeah. But we'll get there. We'll get there, and you know, the, and there was interesting stuff too. So I mean, it's um, you know, it, it. I'm not. I'm not sorry. I watched CitizenCon Khan*, um, and I've watched most of the presentation several times. Um, uh, but I think that there's there's information to be gleaned from it, and I think that you know, you don't have to, you don't have to go in there with rose colored glasses, nor do you have to go in there with uh, salt salt colored glasses. What are salty lenses? you don't have to do that either because in the end it's not going to make any difference and um, you know why be sad I mean Cyberpunk 2077 is only three months away so (laughs) there's no reason to be sad because it's going to have multiplayer eventually it's going to have multiplayer sorry and I swear to God my prayers have been answered finally a single player game that says hey you know that Gleep guy he's right let's give him multiplayer
1: (laughs) But don't forget you can always play the the six year old squad combat game that somehow has Star Citizen Space Combat now. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. He will get there. Planet side too. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> got some ideas about that. That's a good. All point. right. Well, I am still Glee. He is still Sorian. And this has been Fellowship of the Dream, Part One. Yeah. Brought to you by the fine folks over at the Pants Cast family of shows, a wholly owned subsidiary of Gleeps Gaming Network TM, where all our shows are ribbed for everybody's pleasure. Tell a friend. And please do be sure to go to gleepsgaming.fun for stuff and links, particularly the one you click on uh, to come hang out with us on our Discord server where you can let us see your citizen pants. Yeah! Uh, uh.
1: I'm not as excited about this one.
0: My citizen pants are assless chaps, (laughs) as opposed to the other kind of chaps, (laughs) which never gets old. No. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Um, We will talk to you soon, Tim. All right. Go ahead and stop it there.